This is the Well, Well, Well podcast with Cassandra and Britt. Episode 60, Parenting Adult Children is Hard with Bonnie Lyman. Today, we have life coach Bonnie Lyman on. She helps adults who are struggling in their relationships with their adult children. We threw a lot of questions at her and her replies were so simple. We think you are going to love her too. Can it really be that simple? Well, according to Bonnie, it is. Okay, let's go. Well, 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 welcome to season two of the podcast. We can't think of anything better than conversations with our friends about all the wellness. Let's chat about what the gurus are saying and enjoy a bev while we're at it. We aren't experts, but we are your friends and we are here with you. We are so glad you joined us. We are so excited. Today we have Bonnie Lyman on the line with us. Welcome, Bonnie. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I followed you guys for a while and it's just amazing. The people you have on your podcast and your focus. So I'm I'm honored to be here. Oh, we are honored. <laughs> yes, we really are. Bonnie is already, we've been chatting with her a little bit before we started rolling here and she's just a treat to chit chat with. We already feel like she's been teaching us and she's I'm already funny. taking notes. I know she's funny, you guys, if you don't know what she looks like, you need to go look her up right now so that while you're listening, you can visualize her. She's got this curly hair, so cute and trendy. And she's got always fabulous glasses, always unique shapes, different colors. She just has it dialed in such a good look. So, you know, not that looks matter, but you're, you're so flattering. You too. You're very flattering and I'm soaking it all in. (laughs) Good. Well, so, so that you all know, Bonnie Lyman is a life coach and she specializes in helping women who want to stop struggling in their relationships, specifically with their adult children. So if you have adult children, or if you soon will have adult children, or if you are an adult child who wants to improve their relationship with their parent, then we think you're going to love this. Yeah, Bonnie, tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram because they're going to want to start scrolling immediately. Okay, my handle, I guess you'd call it, I'm not very techie. You got it. Is at Bonnie Lyman Coaching. Bonnie Lyman Coaching. And already, if you just start scrolling through her Instagram, you start learning right away. Yeah, it's awesome. So Bonnie, we we always like starting our chit chats with what we're drinking. So tell us what you have been drinking this morning. Okay. I got to tell you guys, they wanted me, Cassandra, Brittany wanted me to send them a link. And I thought, well, I can't really do that. So I, I get up every morning and I drink as soon as I get up, I have my used water bottle that smart water came in because it was a little firmer so I just reuse that bottle and fill it up and I put in one of those individual packets of crystal light and I drink that I sit down I just don't gulp it but within five minutes I have drank the whole 16 ounces and somebody told me that if you do that, you just you just have a really good start because you have hydrated your body through the whole night. And I don't know if it's a placebo or what, but I, I just look so forward to that. And I always feel better and ready to go. I think there is so something to say about a morning bevy ritual. We're yes. firm believers in it. And I mean... For since the ancient times, right? Yes, <laughs> we're believers. Growing up, all sorts of things, and it does. It kind of just sets your tone, right, for the day. Yeah, and I travel. I take. I like that water bottle. I like. I don't like metal. I don't like having to wash something out. So I just kind of rinse it out. But there's something about the shape of the top on a water bottle that I like. It's just kind of the whole experience. So, you know, it's really just whatever you want to do. 
but what's your uh, favorite flavor? I think it's important that we know what your favorite flavor is. Uh, I am a person, I like variety, so I got to mix it up. So I, and I do, there are flavors that only in the individual packets have some caffeine. So I either go for the citrus, the mango, the grape, or the strawberry, but I do find I, I need to mix it up. I got to have variety. Mm-hmm. I like that. Me too. Cassandra, what are you drinking today? Well, heck, I don't even have anything right now, Britt. Well, what did you drink? Grab? What'd you drink this morning? Listen, I just, was there this morning? I don't even know what happened this morning. <laughs> Okay, you guys. So I actually am gonna go grab it. I'm gonna grab it out of my kitchen. I do have one. I just haven't drinking it yet. Okay, Cassandra. I hate to say this because some people they're not gonna like hearing this, but Cassandra has a bar for at home. She's got a kid with the throw ups, and was up all night. And so you know things are a little off the mornings that you're coming off of something like that. So while she's getting hers, I'm gonna tell you mine. I am drinking by Perk. They have um, a couple different all natural packets, similar to what you're saying, Bonnie, where you just tear the top off and pour it into your water. And the one that I'm drinking today is their mojito lime cream, which is right up my alley Mm -hmm. of flavors. And it's an all natural one, which means it doesn't have any of the artificial sweeteners in it. And it has BCAAs. And if you don't know what BCAAs are, they're basically like amino acids that are very specific to building muscle and sore muscles. And so I did a super hard workout yesterday and I have like some sore muscles. And so the BCAAs are going to help me with muscle repair and muscle soreness. So that's what I'm drinking today. That was a smart move, Britt. Okay. I have been hoarding and waiting Look how pretty that's the cutest can. Yes. I've been hoarding this can (laughs) and waiting for this interview so I could try it. It is wild. Wonder is the brand. The flavor is mango turmeric and it's a prebiotic probiotic sparkling drink. Mm -hmm. Delish. I can't wait to hear you tell us how it tastes. You want me to crack it? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Get ready. All All right. If you thought you were saving it for later, you're not delicious. Is it? So good. Yep. It's not super sweet. So Brit will love it. Okay, good. It doesn't have aspartame in it. So it's eh for me. I like a little bit of aspartame in my life. (laughs) So good. And I just got it at, we've talked about this restaurant a few times. It's called joy cafe where we live. It's all plant-based. And so I just trust their bevy selection. Yeah. They have some good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Enough of bevies. Let's get back to Bonnie. Bonnie. How did you get your start as a life coach and why did you choose your focus? Okay. I actually got started on my life coaching journey through my daughter, Jody Moore, that the world kind of knows about, but I like to say I knew her first. <laughs> and uh, I mean, of course she inherited all her good DNA for me, right? No, she actually got it from her dad. But anyway, she kind of had me read Brooke Castile's book, uh, If I'm So Smart, Why Can't I Lose Weight? And the fascinating part was all the mind motivation that I've always been interested in. And so she she said, hey, this was in 2014. I'm, I'm going to this life certification She didn't even think she was for sure certain that was the road she was going to go in her life. I know you're interested in this, mom. Do you want to come? And I I said, yeah. And I won't even tell you what the price was because it was just (laughs) one sixteenth what it is today. (laughs) you you, you You don't get what you get today. But anyway, so then... I wasn't, I went through the course and it was this great, great mind boggling stuff, but it was more than what my mind, my brain could handle. So I wasn't going to get certified and Jody just kind of nudged me and she goes, no, mom, you can do this. I think you ought to do it. And I am so glad. 
So that was in 2014. In 2015, uh, I belonged to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My husband had retired and I had always, I have always had dabbled in working these just fun jobs. And so we decided it was time to go on a mission. We wanted to go serve a mission for our church. So my husband wanted to go to the South Pacific. And I said, well, if we're going to the South, if we're going to put down South Pacific, I'm putting down Africa. And so, of course, if you're well enough, they're going to send you to Africa if you're willing to go there. So that was just beyond the most fabulous experience. And they gave us the minor assignment to help alleviate poverty. But really, a lot of my coaching was being used on helping people believe that they could improve their circumstances, Mm. that there is opportunities out there. So that was fun. I came home. Two months later, I was diagnosed with cancer. So I did that little stunt of my life. And I wasn't feeling well enough until, oh, what was the year? 2019, maybe, that I said, okay, I'm ready. And I started building my life coaching business. The reason I picked this topic, I had been a Weight Watcher leader at one time. And so... I was very intrigued behind the psychology, the mindfulness of losing weight. And so I thought that's what I was going to do. And I thought, no, that's not what I want to do. And I just started hearing more and more people talking about a subject that we don't talk about. And that is the struggle in navigating as a parent you know, our relationships with our adult children. And even though I had gone through a lot of challenges and struggles, and I had been able to move forward with my life, most of the struggles I have, that's not what any of my clients have had. Yeah. But it, it all comes back to you solve the problem in the same way. Yeah. Well, that's so interesting. So Bonnie, I do hair. I'm a hairdresser also. And I can't tell you, I feel like hundreds and hundreds of conversations I've had with women over the years in this exact category of just like their adult children issues of some sort, whether, and we're going to cover some of those today, but it really is a thing. And I think finding this niche was such, it, it was an area that needed more attention because it is a little different. It is a little different than when your when your children are not adults and they're, and they're living in your home. That's different than once they are supposed to have moved on. Right. <clears throat> and the relationship that takes place then. So, so we kind of want to talk to you about a specific situation, but also generally speaking, what came up a ton when we've been asking our listeners, like, what are some of your issues as, as a parent with your adult children? And over and over and over again, we kept hearing some form of while my kid's in a transition, like whether it's from high school to college or college to afterward, or, you know, maybe with their kids and they're figuring out if they should move or whenever it was a big transition that these parents had this feeling of like, how much do I get involved? What's my role and where am I overstepping and you know, how involved should I get? And so Cassandra is going to outline like a, a more specific situation that we can talk about. But I think that like you're saying just the same way that the experiences you had aren't necessarily the same as the ones your clients are having the method is similar on how you get through it. So Cassandra, say it away. Okay. So, so a specific situation would be a woman who is graduating from college 
an adult child graduating from college and they are curious, like, what's the next step? Does she go on to grad school? Does she go to grad school where her boyfriend is? Does she not? Does she move home? And so there's all this kind of like up in the air decisions that can be made for this transition. And the parents are struggling to find how do they help their child feel confident in making the decision? And I'm going to leave it right there because I think we're going to go further with it. What would you say about that, Bonnie? (laughs) Okay. First of all, I have to say that being a parent of adult children, you don't have the same responsibilities as a parent of, uh, you know, maybe even college age kids because sometimes there's that financial tether to you so your you can have expectations that that need to be met in order to you know continue receiving financial assistance or whatever but when you are a parent of a child under your jurisdiction you might say i mean you're always a parent but you you don't have near the responsibilities. You are responsible a whole lot more as for a teen or somebody under the age of 18, we'll just say, okay? As far as helping them identify options, boundaries, consequences for mistakes, but when they become an adult, you have kind of quit your job as that kind of parent. And you take on a new job with a new role as a parent to adult children. And so what kind of guidance do you give? Yeah, what's your- I, would say, I would say you don't give a lot of guidance. You have, I say, kind of two responsibilities. It's to love them and to be a cheerleader for them. In other words, it's your job to build them up that so that they have the confidence. I have all these options and I can figure it out. I believe that you don't give advice unless asked for. Okay, Bonnie. Because already. that means you are assuming they can't figure it out themselves. Mm. Already 50 things that you've said, like you said, you've quit your job and literally my heart was like, <gasps> you know, like <laughs> my stomach like felt like somebody punched me at the same time. I know you're totally right. Yeah. But I'm like, no, it's hard. You don't give advice. There's a part of me that really wants to cling to advice. And there's a part of me that's so relieved by that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am very concerned. I feel that there, somebody's probably gonna have to duct tape my mouth shut, but I also, (laughs) I also, yeah, I mean, I'm so wise. I feel like they need my advice, (laughs) but I totally hear what you're saying, Bonnie. And I think that that's the key. So You're saying the idea is you don't give advice unless they ask for your advice. And then in that case, maybe you offer some advice, but you're also doing it while simultaneously building them up and helping them see that they're capable of making this decision on their own. And so then what happens, because I know so many of the listeners are like, okay, I tried that, but then my kid made the stupidest choice or like they made a decision that I really did not think was a good one. And so what do you do at that point? What do you do when they make a choice that you're like, what, why would you decide to do that? That's going to be terrible. Like, how do you handle that? Well, if I look back over my life, some of the things I learned the greatest things from was making some mistakes. Mm -hmm. That is just part of life. That is one of the greatest things that we learn. I had heard a guy speak on some podcast and he talked about 
I have to fail five times before I know I'm going to find out the real answer. And so I, I look for those things. I failed five times this month and now we're moving forward. And so this is their journey. This is not your journey. You had your journey at that time of your life to figure things out. Some kids, yep. Then we go to compare and despair. Well, none of their kids are making mistakes. So my kid must be doing it wrong and nothing has gone wrong. They are just figuring things out. But if there is somebody in their life that they know loves them, no matter what mistakes they make and is there for them, they're either going to come for you for advice or they're going to have the self-confidence and recognition. Yeah, that was a really stupid thing I did. Not doing that again. I guess I better try this. But we can't say we know the best, best path for our children. Only they know that. And I would say God, and that's why I think God doesn't interfere, interfere, oh, well, I'm getting tongue tied today, with so much stuff in the world, because, I mean, even this Ukraine thing, look at all the good, just those Polish people setting up those strollers, you know, that never would have happened without this terrible thing. These, these men found out I am willing to step up and fight for my country. And so it's taking a different perspective on, hey, this doesn't mean that life is going to get worse and worse for this kid. He's just figuring it out. And I raised him. I mean, parents want to blame themselves. I guess I didn't teach him that. Everybody knows when they're making a mistake. We don't even have to remind them. So you could maybe go and say, okay, what, what, what are you going to do next? You can take an interest in them. You can remind them, hey, if you want some advice, we're here for you. We just need to kind of chill out. And give them some space and let them go on this journey. I mean, I love that idea of like offering them a little bit of space and still showing up. And it's like taking interest that I love those two things, like mm-hmm. giving them a little space and then still taking interest. Cause I think what's hard is sometimes when you're feeling disappointed in the decisions your kids are making and you're like, I don't want to show up and be disappointed and like, I told you so, or like, oh, that's too bad. That kind of an attitude. So then we either just kind of like create some space and like, don't get involved and okay, they're just going to have to figure this out on their own, but then maybe that's not very loving or maybe that's not how we're showing up as our best selves. So it's like really just reminding ourselves that like, I don't know for sure what's best for this kid. One of the things that I keep thinking and that I think happens so often as a parent, whether your kids are young or old, but especially once they've moved on and they're adults, you still, as a parent are riding the waves of joy with them, the waves of disappointment. When you're hearing about their life, it's like, you feel like you're tandem with them and you have been since they were little, but now even that they let that they've left the nest, there's still this feeling of like, I'm right here with you riding the waves with you. And I want to be there for you. I want to have this role in your life and I want to be there for you. And so sometimes I think parents go out of their way to help their kids or show up for their kids. And then when their advice is disregarded, that can really hurt. Or when you're not the person they go to, that can really hurt because you care so much, you know? And so how, how do you deal with that feeling of like, man, I just don't feel like I'm very important anymore. Okay. Well, it kind of comes down to, are, are you more concerned about your feelings 
or your child's feelings? Are you are you willing to put your desires aside for what your child really needs? You know, we all and we we have helped some of our children and some of them not, depending if if they ask for it. There's a fine line there on say buying a house. Yeah. Okay, they need money. If if one of them comes to us and asks to borrow money for a house and we have the money, we're we're probably going to go along with that. I have other children that we have gone to and said, "Hey, we have helped brother A and sister B. You know, we'd like to help you." And they said, "No, it's more satisfying to us." to figure out how to come up with that money on ourselves, So maybe they go 20 years before they buy a house. And they're in this little, little cracker box of a house. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to respect that decision and agency because all I have to work on is always showing up with love and not judgment. We're either judging or loving. Mm. So if I show up with all this disappointment, how does that make my child feel? I I am not meeting my parents' expectation. Right. I I am not I'm not capable. You know, that is not their job to get us out of disappointment. When my kids are sad, I am sad. When my kids are happy, I am happy. But I don't generate what happens in their life to make me feel a certain way. Yeah. Because I can always love them. If you feel that it's love to step in and interfere and say, no, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be doing that. Go for it. But I can tell you right now, we are either loving or judging. And the you go, well, how do you know one feels good and the other doesn't? Mm-hmm. I love And that. so every child is going to play out differently. Yeah, that makes sense. And really, each kid is so different. We see that when they're young. And then I guess we just have to continue reminding ourselves of that as they get older. Right. And the the other thing, you know, you can say, okay, they just keep making mistake after mistake after mistake. And every time they make a mistake, I get more disappointment. Yeah. But then you go, now what? Then you make a decision. You can either stay in disappointment the rest of your life. Or maybe you need to hire me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I help you. I help people look at things from a different perspective. And that means they are having different thoughts. They're viewing it differently. That creates a different feeling inside of them. And the fe- you're never going to be happy that your kids are making mistakes but you can you can view what's going on from compassion yeah i'm sorry they're having to go through this well compassion is very close to feeling love and of all the feelings out there we can possibly feel love always feels the best because we can't do that without having loving thoughts first. Right. And that's obviously where your work could really come in handy, especially on specific situations where people are like, okay, well, how do I get to that emotion from this particular situation? So take all your- It's just like riding a bike. You have to practice Mm -hmm. and you take baby steps. It's not, yep. You just start thinking different thoughts. You start First of all, finding different ways to look at it. 
And being able just to feel dis- disappointed and not resist that is huge. Yeah. But, oh no, we just we just want to feel comfortable all the time, right? Totally. And yeah. take it a step further. It's like we want to feel comfortable. We also want to feel like we're right. We don't want to have to second guess our ways of thinking, you know. Right. So that's the first thing is because it is being willing, yes, to admit, hey, my way may not be the very best way for this child in his ultimate happiness and success in life. And, you know, again, we have a picture in our mind what that looks like because that worked for us. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to work for them so you just have to let that go and you just love them and you're just there for them and when you do that they always know they have a safe place to turn to okay so going off of that bonnie so how about if you have an adult child that then turns to you and says, why didn't you step in? Why didn't you help me? And they have resentment towards you. Well, that their resentment is coming from their thoughts that you didn't do it right. Mm -hmm. And you just say, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry you're hurting, you know, I, I love you and I, I feel I was making the best decision for you. And you, you, you stick with that because we're all in charge of fulfilling our own needs. I can hardly fulfill my own needs, much less try to fulfill I've got five kids, all of their needs. You just say, I, I am so sorry you feel that way. Yep, that's, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a, a difficult, difficult thoughts to be carrying around and a difficult feeling to have to be so resentful of your parents. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I mean, Bonnie, it's so interesting because I think that as a parent, I I am pretty sure I'm speaking for all of us when we like, by saying that I think ideally in a dream world, we want to be our children's heroes. We want to be the one that like helped them through their toughest times. We want to be the advice, the piece of advice they hung on to that got them through their through through thick and thin. It's like, you just want to be this person. And so the idea of your child being disappointed in you or feeling like you let them down, it's like, oh no, no, no. I will do everything so that that never happens. And I think that in a lot of ways that those efforts come from a good place, right? Like it's because we do want to be there for our children and make sure they feel that we're there to love and support them. But it sometimes might teeter on accident into the land of being a little manipulative to try to, because we want, if if they feel a certain way about us, then it's easier to feel how we want to feel about ourselves, right? If our children are validating us, then we can then feel that way about ourselves a little bit more easily. And I think, I mean, I see that even with younger children and teenagers It's like, you want to stay in your kids' good graces. You want them to like you. You want to feel like what you're doing is what they need. And the idea of them being annoyed with you or disregarding you or thinking that what you say is not important or that you don't get it is hard. And so while I think it's not a bad idea to like think of new ways that you can you can connect with your kid and, and show up for them in their own unique ways. I hear what you're saying too, which is like, wait a minute, your role isn't, especially once they're adults to fulfill every one of their needs. Like, of course that is on them (laughs) and that they have to start becoming the adult, right? Just like the rest of us. And 
uh, that can be tough. And I think, um, I think that I'm just thinking about like right now with my teenager age kids and how sometimes when I feel them gaining more independence and like they are starting to kind of have their own thing and their own opinion and making their own choices and all of that, it's hard for me sometimes not to kind of double down on regaining the control as much as possible while they're still still under my roof. Cause I can feel it coming. I can feel that separation coming. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. I need to, I need to like grab them back in and make sure that I'm in charge and that I have, it's like a power panic, you know, it's like this freak out, like, Oh no, I'm losing my grip. And so you grip really tightly and you try to control all the little things so that you don't feel this feeling of that separation. And yet at the same time, it's so silly because we want independent kids, but it's really hard to let that happen. And so tell us, because I know we do have a lot of listeners who have younger kids and maybe adult children, or some are still in high school and some are adults. How can we prepare ourselves while our kids are younger to develop the skills that we need so that we are more equipped to do what you're saying when they're older and let them have their independence and have our independence? Well, I think you, which especially mothers, you know, are very deliberate parents, I say, and we're all just trying to do our best. And we're all trying to raise up our kids so that they'll be responsible, happy adults, right? So it's not, and like what you were mentioning, it's not so that we raise them up so that we still have control. I mean, we don't, we don't have the power within us, even for your teens or younger kids, to make them feel a certain way. That power is all within us. And as, as we are growing up and we're little and we recognize, oh, that feels good when my mom hugs me or that feels good when my mom packs my lunch for school. Or another kid may say, that, that feels good that my mother didn't pack my lunch for school, that she expected me to do it. You know, it's all their thought to see if it was packing a lunch for, we'll say a high school student, okay? When he went to school, then every high school student would feel good about that where others may feel no I like the independence my mother is giving me so what you can prepare is you just do the best you can and then when they get older is this idea of I have a whole new job like I mentioned earlier And I only have one responsibility, and that is to love them. Now, if loving them means you give them, you send them money every month, hey, do it. Go for it. But you may get down the road and say, oh, you know, you start getting resentful. I'm not going to support them the rest of their life. So it's okay to change it up but knowing I don't have the power to make my children feel any certain way but if I don't want to live in the land of uncertainty am I doing it right you just love them and that feeling will feel good. Like I said, we're either loving or judging. So what can you do now? You do the best, you do the best you can 
knowing it's going to be different, knowing they are not going to need you like you do before. So many of my clients are, I feel so unimportant in their life. Or I'm so resentful I didn't get a Mother's Day card. There is no entitlement that comes with being a parent. There, There is no manual out there that says, as an adult child, this is how you treat, especially your mother. They, they get to choose because of this God-given gift of agency to act and say and do anything they want to do. We have to have respect for agency that they don't have to do it our way. So as your kids start trying new things, say when they get to be junior high or whatever, I can't remember, you know, just say, do I, do I really need to rein them in? Or are they just trying to figure a different way of how to do it. So, like so I don't know if that answers your question, but what do you do to prepare? I think is just loving them now even harder when they make mistakes and when they come home and they've got one C and all Ds. There might be a consequence you have to let them know, okay, you know, this, this is just something we need to work on. This doesn't, your behavior was not acceptable, but you're still just a wonderful person. Hmm. You're still totally and completely loved. Yeah. Yes. My love is not dependent upon the grades that you get. Okay, so I have, speaking of grades, I have a question for you. So we kind of live here in the United States in specifically in Southern California where we live, and I'm thinking this is everywhere. We've kind of created this this culture where there's this very definitive path for our kids. And they go to high school and they do all the AP classes and they do this and they do this and then, and then they go to college and then they're off and they, and they have a great career. And it has been incredibly successful for many, many people, but there are families where that is not their route. And the parents, as they are um, recognizing that that is not the route that their kid might take. They, they do start comparing themselves to the other families and saying, gosh, dang it. Like, should I have helped them more in high school? So they could have done this differently. How, how could I, you know, it's, it's, it's silly. Cause it's all, how can we rearrange the past to get a different outcome? Right. Which is impossible. I have a sister who has adult children and she says, that's like one of the hardest things to combat is the comparison, not even so much as that she's doing to other people, but kind of the looks you get from other people when your children are making different choices, you know, "Ah, yeah, they're taking a gap year. Oh, they decided college wasn't for them and they dropped out or whatever it is. Oh, they took that job instead of this job. And sometimes you can be at peace with it within yourself until somebody else comes up to you and says, Oh, yikes. You let them do that or, oh yeah, well, I guess they should have been better student. That wouldn't have happened to them. How do you, what advice do you give to those people who feel the weight of comparison? One of the things is it all boils down to what kind of relationship you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. If you have a good relationship with yourself and say, yep, you know, it was, I made some mistakes. Maybe I even left some things out. But I didn't really raise my kids much different than these high, high achievers. And is the president of the United States any happier than the garbage man? You know, is he really any more successful? 
you know, and so you you feel well enough about yourself and you have trust in yourself and you have trust in your child that, you know, he's going to go down his path that is successful and happy for him. Like, I remember my husband had a boss once. He worked for an airline and he was, his boss was like the city manager for that airline in that city. And then he got a promotion to go to corporation and he was so successful and so happy. Well, to get a promotion, it's like, wow, you're, you qualify. You, you have qualified. You know, you're doing really good stuff, getting high grades at being a city manager. He was miserable, absolutely miserable. What, what do we want for our kids? We just want them to be happy. There's a really good book out. It's called David and Goliath. And it's not a biblical story at all by Malcolm Gladwell. And he talks about why having the smallest classroom is not necessarily the best. Why coming from a very uh, advantaged, being raised in a very privileged family isn't necessarily the best start or promotes a high quality of life. Uh, he talks about people having dyslexia and how they became, went on to become some of the successful trial lawyers in the country. That, you know, you're just measuring yourself against what other people are looking like. And hey, you know, that, that has nothing to do with people's happiness. As we keep growing in life and overcoming hurdles, that is where fulfillment comes. So it comes back into, not, you know, just being comfortable with yourself that, hey, I, I raised them. Yep, everybody's got different IQs. I, I would much rather be happier with my kid choosing a path that he wanted to follow rather than, you know, your idea when you said it's been very successful. Well, what does that look like? What does success look like? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's a good point. And I think something for everyone to really stop and think about. And I, you said earlier, something like the compare, what was it? And despair, Dis compare yeah. and despair, compare and despair. And that's kind of like the, the, um, what is it like the pride cycle, but it's <laughs> compare and despair, right? It's like, it is, it's like saying they're doing it better than I am. Yeah. Their family is better than I am. Their kid is better than I am. They parented better than I did. Well, where does that get you? Yeah. If it motivates you to be a better parent, then it, I guess it's a good thing. But it always comes down to, okay, my kid didn't, didn't do that. Now what? Yeah. Who do I want to be? And how do I want to show up to my kid? Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Okay. So one thing I wanted to loop back to that you mentioned earlier, you've mentioned a couple things about financially helping your kids and how you might choose to do that. And that might feel like love, but, um, I think it's really easy and very often money feels like a little bit of a manipulative tool with our adult children where we are inclined to help them out financially as long as their life is looking the way we would like it to look or they're making choices that we like, but then we don't want to offer financial help if they're not making choices we like. And yet at the same time, it's our money. So we do have some choices and there is, we can have, 
you know, we can be selective about when we want to give our money to our children, but how do you coach people in making that decision so that when they do decide to give money to their children, they're doing it from the right place and not a manipulative space? I just think it's as simple as if it feels like a good thing to do, then give them the money. Yeah. If it doesn't feel good, then don't give it to them. There are no guarantees that if I give them this much money or if I give them any money at all, they're going to be more successful and happier. If I don't give them any money or only give them a limit, they're going to be happy and successful. You just got to go by your gut feeling. And like I said, we we have never set up, we do it on a need by need, case by case basis with our children. This is just how we've decided to do it. If somebody, if if one of our children came and asked us, I could have two different children. Both of them came and asked us to borrow money and we just assume we're never getting it back. We just assume that every time. But it, it's what makes us feel good. Because if we have the money to give, you know, it's like, I don't know. Might as well give it to them. Stock market may crash in two years and we lose it all. So why not? But I could have two different kids come and they were both asking for money to buy a boat. We may tell one kid yes and another kid no. We'd be going by our gut feeling, but it wasn't like we got to keep things even here. And we don't care, you know, what they think. That's their problem. (laughs) When my mother got to be elderly, somebody said, hey, it's a good thing to sign on your elderly parents' account. And it did. When she died and my dad died, it was just real easy to take care of things. Well, we happened to bank at the same bank. So I was getting these statements where I could see all this money was going out to my brother who um, who was doing the best he can. But I mean, it was a lot of money. And in my mind at that time, I went to judgment you know mom you're just you're enabling him not trying to get a better job and she said to me it's my money and if I feel like I want to give it to my son I'm going to give it to my son and I totally respected that I like that man I think that's going to I think that's going to like shock a lot of people or shake things up like where it's like, okay, well, if you're going to do it and it's that idea too, where you don't want to have like a bunch of family secrets, but it also, you know, it's not you, you as the parent get to make that decision based on how you feel in each given circumstance and situation. And maybe when your kids are younger, like the phase that Cassandra and I are in, it's Christmas morning you want things to feel kind of fair and equal. Yes, yes. Yes. And that's kind of different because they cannot understand sure. this concept yet that they are responsible yes. for their own feelings. Yes. And then once you understand that and become aware of that, that is huge. Then you could say, I can either choose to be jealous of my sibling or I can choose to be happy for them. Yeah. And that is within their power. That's not within the parent's power to make them feel good by being equal. Because they could say, why don't you give me more? Because we need more than my brother, John, or whoever. (laughs) Do you see, they can go down all, it's never... So you just do what you want to do, but that comes back to, you can only do that when you feel confident about yourself. I think it's funny that when you're answering that question, 
You're like not making it about their choices or what they are, aren't doing or any of that. You're just kind of like, yeah, you just go with your gut. And it's just like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's great. Uh, I feel like we keep looping back to this idea of confidence and we want our kids to be confident and independent, but like, are we ourselves confident and independent? Are we modeling that? And so just to kind of wrap things up, do you, we want these confident, independent kids. Do you feel like it's a direct reflection of how much we, how confident we are and how independent we are, or, or how, how do you recommend like fostering that in our children, that confidence and independence? Okay. Two things. Number one, I think that one of the greatest things kids learn from your example is how you solve problems. Do you embrace your problems or do you run away from them? I think that is huge. But the other thing is find as many opportunities as you can to build them up, to point out to them what they are doing right. And and to say that in a way, it's kind of called a growth mindset. So it's recognizing the effort that they put into things, not, wow, that is great. (laughs) You got straight A's. But when we recognize their effort, and again, just any, any good thing that they're doing or anything that you like about them, I think that builds their confidence. I mean, it's the same to you, right? We all like to be validated by others as much as we really, the only thing we can count on is being self-validated. We still have that need. So let's just validate each other more. I love that. And when you practice, you can practice doing that with everybody and it transfers. That's a beauty of of getting coached it transfers over to every relationship in your life Mm, mm -hmm. yeah and that's like what we're all looking for right yeah right you want validation as a parent but just have trust in yourself you know unless you're getting up saying I'm just really going to try to screw this kid up today. <laughs> you're you're probably being a super good parent. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, Bonnie. Okay, well, seriously thankful for all the things you shared with us today and we would love for you to tell the people because you know, hearing these things generally spoken about, everybody can nod and be like, yes, that makes sense. But then a specific situation arises and all of a sudden it doesn't feel so clear. So where can people find you? How can they contact you and tell, tell the people a little bit about how you coach and how they can do that with you? So I have an eight week program. It's one-on-one coaching. It's not a membership. We meet one-on-one for one hour a week. And I feel like it, it takes eight weeks to start to reprogram your brain to focus on what's going right in life and not so much on what's going wrong. And I have a, a consult that I offer to everybody. It's a 60-minute free consult. If you just want to know more about coaching, or I have you give me a specific problem in that situation. And we kind of work through that a little bit. Just go to bonnielyman.com and all of that is available. You offer such a great service, Bonnie. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Have you? Yes. Thank you so much. And we will definitely put all of those links that Bonnie just mentioned in our show notes. So you can click on that and have them right there handy for you and come visit both of us over on Instagram, where we talk about this all a bit more. And you guys can really see all 
of the great free things that Bonnie offers even on her Instagram. And it'll just do what it's done for us, make you want to dive deeper and get more wisdom from her. So thank you again, Bonnie. You have the best day and be well, everybody. Did you have your notepad out while you were listening? That's okay if you didn't, because we took notes for you. Be sure to check our show notes for links to all the things we discussed today. And you can head to Instagram for more direct links and discount codes for some of our favorite bevies. We also have some wonderful, savable graphics of all the tips that we discussed. So we hope to see you over on our Instagram page. Be well.